Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. family. I don't know what your week was like, but I had a, uh, Melanie kind of said at the beginning, we had a, uh, a staff retreat this week, um, and it was a really good thing, but can we just be honest, we're a little tired. Yeah, I don't know if you've had weeks like that, right, where you like, good stuff happened, but there's a lot of good discussion and a lot of uh, good thinking when it comes to the, the future here at Whole Life Church. And um, I tell you what, if you don't know it, you are really blessed with the pastoral team and staff that are here at Whole Life Church. You, are, you really are. I, uh, I, told the, uh, I told the team this week, I said, I am absolutely ruined. I just don't know where I could go from here because this is... Awesome. I love this group. I love this family that we have here. So thank you for being a part of it. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we invite you to spend your, send your Holy Spirit into this place. We've already felt it here, but now we're asking for a double portion. We really want to hear your voice speak to us. We want to follow Jesus. And to do that, we need your Holy Spirit in us. So Lord, I ask you to put your Holy Spirit in me in a special way, but I also ask the same for each person sitting here. In your name I pray it, amen. So as you may be aware, or maybe you're not aware because this is your first time here, we are in the middle of a series called Follow Me. Follow Me so happens to be the theme of our year here at Whole Life. And so we decided to start the year off by talking about what it means to follow Jesus. Maybe that seems straightforward, and yet, can we just be honest, we live in a world with a lot of people saying they're following Jesus, but it doesn't always feel that way, does it? And if we really want to be vulnerable and not pick on other people and we want to look at ourselves, we can honestly say that Jesus has called us to follow him, but sometimes we feel a little confused. Sometimes we're not confused, and we know we're not. And so what I wanted to do with this first two months of our year is just really unpack what it means to follow Jesus, to accept that call. And last week, we talked about how we think God wants us to respond to Jesus' call to follow him. And I told you that it was going to be kind of a two-parter, because last week we said that what we noticed was that when the disciples began following Jesus, they immediately, they didn't wait for a week, they didn't wait for a month, almost the next day, as soon as they met Jesus, they went and introduced the people that they cared about to Jesus. And we talked about the misconception that you somehow have to have all this theological training before you can introduce somebody to Jesus. And we suggested to you that one of the responses that Jesus is looking for from us when we start to follow him at the very beginning is just to simply invite our friends to come and see, come and see what I've found. 
And today I'd like to do the second part of what I believe God is calling us to do when Jesus says, follow me. To kind of give you a little illustration of this second part, um, I want to show you a group of people. Uh, When I worked up in Nashville, Tennessee, I had the um, privilege to be a part of a group of pastors to go on a trip to Europe where we kind of did some Reformation study and some stuff like that. We, we spent some time in Switzerland, uh, and we spent some time in uh, Italy. And I'm going to just be very straightforward with you. I was not thrilled about going and spending uh, time with pastors. Uh, I know that's horrible coming from a pastor, but I was like, this is, I don't know. This is not the group of people I would choose to go to Europe with. And I've, I'd never been to Europe. And I'm like, this is like, I don't know. You know, am I going to have to be on my best behavior? Those of you who know me know how hard that is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm not going to. But then I saw, you know, the opportunity. And they had these tour guides who had put together this trip. And it was, it was affordable. And I was like, well, can't say no to an affordable trip, so I guess I'll have to just suck it up and go hang out with some people and, you know, and and I'll get to do this. And uh, can I just tell you, sometimes we really misjudge people, right? We really, we think that we know who somebody is because we judge them based on the fact that they do life differently than we do. And we think, oh, we could never be friends. We'd have nothing in common. I tell you what, I fell in love with these people. You, you tend to do that when you spend time with people, by the way. I mean, yes, people annoy you too. But you really start to see the person inside. And I really enjoyed this. And it was the, the, only, the first trip I'd ever been on with tour guides. I'd never done it. I've always kind of done my own thing, right? I'm, you know, American, so I take care of myself and blaze my own trail and, you know, whatever. Um, and so this is the first time I'd ever had a tour guide. And can I tell you, I liked it. I really did. I liked it a lot because uh, in the picture, she's, uh, our tour guide is, is the lady that's standing right here on the left. And she, her husband, is you can't see him because he's taking the picture of all of us. It was the coolest thing. These two people were just there to, almost 24-7 to take care of whatever we needed. That's why he's, I, I tried to find a picture with both of them. And I couldn't because one was always taking the group picture, doing they're always busy taking care of us. And the cool thing was like, they knew all the, the best places that at the right price, right? They knew the, the great places to eat. I'm telling you, if I had done that, if I had planned that trip myself, I would have seen maybe 10 to 20% of what I was able to see in the same amount of time because I was with people who knew where they were going and what they were doing. Um, they even, you know, occasionally bailed me out of predicaments I found myself in when I decided to blaze my own trail, Ring, ring, hey, I'm not sure where I'm at, and I need some help. Okay, what do you see? Let's, let's work it, and we'll come find you if we need to. So they're wonderful. They're wonderful. I want you to hold that as a kind of a metaphor in your mind as we talk about following Jesus today, what it means to be a part of this Jesus movement where we follow Jesus. I want to talk to you about a story found in Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, we find a man who is blind. Because he's blind, he's not able to support himself outside of sitting beside a road and begging other people to give him money. And when we run into Bartimaeus, there he is, 
beside the road begging for money. He was where? You guys remember I like you talking to me, right? So where was he? He was beside the road begging for money. He did not think the road was for a blind person. I mean, what could a blind person possibly do on a road without help? And so a crowd of people comes by, as you saw earlier in our church service, his story. I'm going to just recap it really quickly and jump over a bunch of the details that aren't really where I'm going with this sermon. A bunch of people come by. He cries out for help. Jesus hears that cry for help as Jesus always hears our cry for help. He calls Bartimaeus to him. He asks Bartimaeus what he wants. And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. And Jesus heals him and says these words. Go, your faith has made you well. And immediately, Bartimaeus regained his sight. And this is very significant. What did he do? He began following him on the road. He started off where? Beside the road. And he, the story leaves us with him on the road. This text is really, really, really significant in some important ways. Some very important ways. It's very, very significant that Bartimaeus, Jesus didn't say that Bartimaeus had to follow him down the road. But Bartimaeus realized that somebody who could open his eyes might be worth doing a road trip with. That it was better to be on the road with Jesus than anywhere else. I want to really unpack this word, though, road. And the reason I want to unpack it um, is because if you look at it in a different translation of the Bible, Young's literal translation, it actually interprets it just a little bit closer to what's really trying to be said in the original language. Jesus said, go, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he saw again and, and was following. See that? Was following. There's an implication of continued following that's going on. In the way. So here's the cool thing about this word, the way. It's absolutely being uh, translated correctly when you say road. Just the same way that I could say that I was on the way to church and you would know that I was driving. In English, when we use this word, um, it can be defined, the word way, as a method, style, or manner of doing something. It can also be defined as a road, track, path, or street for traveling along. As many of you have heard me say, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. It was written in uh, the New Testament. This particular passage was written in the language of Greek. And in Greek, this is the word. I'm sure everybody now knows exactly what we're talking about, right? I have no need to go any further. Um, this, uh, this is the original word in, in the language. And uh, Strong's Concordance, which is, is kind of like the dictionary uh, for Bible nerds, um, such as myself, um, defines this word this way, a way a traveled way, a road. So far, it matches up really well with our English definition of way. It's a traveler's way, journey, traveling. It's 
a course of conduct. And if you start thinking about this, works with our English translation of way, right? A course of conduct, a way of thinking, feeling, and deciding. I want to suggest to you that the biblical writers were inspired by God and therefore magnificently intelligent in the way they use their words. And when Mark records that Bartimaeus began following Jesus in the way, I think he was trying to say a little bit more than that he went on just a simple road trip down the road with Jesus. I want to suggest to you that Mark wanted his readers to hear that, but he also wanted them to hear that last part, that Bartimaeus entered into a new course of conduct. Bartimaeus entered into a new way of thinking, feeling, and deciding. And I want to suggest to you that when you meet Jesus and he calls you to follow him, he is inviting you to something extraordinary, a new way of thinking, a new way of feeling, a new way of deciding, a new course of conduct. Now, I don't know how you are, but that might make me feel a little overwhelmed. How do I know how to do what, when, where? <laughs> you may feel like if you, if, if, Christianity is a new thing or church is a new thing for you, you may feel a little bit like I feel when I walk into the gym. I don't, I don't feel comfortable there. The people there look different than me. They seem to know what to do with all these machines and weights. And I'm just trying to, you know, not embarrass myself too terribly. And so when we talk about entering into a new course or way of doing things, for some of you, if this is your kind of your new you feel a little overwhelming. So I'd like to kind of unpack this a little bit for you, what this way means. The first thing to understand is that in Acts chapter 9, verse 2, this way is so important that the early Christian followers were not called Christians. They were called followers of the way. Think about that for a minute. That's how important this word is. Early Christians were known as the way. Why? Well, because Jesus said something along these lines. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That is a big, bold claim that differentiated these people from everybody else because they believed that Jesus was the road. He was the path. He was the way. He was the course of conduct. He was the way of feeling, thinking. What else do we know about this way? Another thing that we know about this way are these words in Matthew chapter seven. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide for many choose that way, but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Now those words might sound exclusionary to some of you. They might sound a little bit like, I don't know. Let's remind ourselves that these are Jesus' words, and Jesus never excluded anybody. Why would Jesus say that then? Well, can we just be honest for a minute? Is it easy to love? It can be, but is it easy to love people that are hard to love? 
Yeah, it's easy to love the people that love you back, but it's incredibly hard to love. And remember, when we define love here in this church, we're not talking about, we're not talking about the way that maybe the rest of the world might define love. We define love as, as is found in 1 Corinthians 13. And that's a high standard when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, what kind of love is found there. Can I suggest to you it's a narrow way? Don't forget that 1 John said that God is love, which means Jesus is love. And so to follow Jesus means I have to put my selfishness aside. And that's a narrow road to follow Jesus on. Now, might I suggest to you that if you're following somebody, narrow roads are easy to navigate. All you have to do is follow where they go. And some of us need to go ahead and get the idea out of our head that we can somehow navigate the narrow road without being behind Jesus. That either we think we gotta get ahead of Jesus or we think that Jesus is waiting for us in celestial mansions to to navigate this road instead of the truth of what Jesus said is follow me, meaning that he's on that narrow road And narrow roads can be navigated when you have a good tour guide, when you have a good guide to take you on those roads. Another thing that we know about the way is is these verses in Matthew uh, chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 7. Prove by the way that you live that you have repented uh, of your sins and turned to God. You can identify people by their fruit, that is the way they act. You can pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs, or can you pick that? And as we look at that verse, one of the things that we, we kind of realize is, is that our actions aren't what save us, but they do tell us whether we're on the way or not. Just the way that if you've ever walked barefoot on a road, you can tell when you walk off the road. So it's important for us to understand that there is a way to know whether we're on the way. Our actions are not what save us, but our actions can tell us whether we're behind Jesus or off on our own somewhere. Why? Because our actions should be mimicking Jesus. Now here's the cool thing. Jesus knows that we're not gonna be perfect at it. He understands that. And when we lose our way, he's all too happy to come and help us find our way back. We don't have to be afraid of Jesus. Another thing that we can know about the way is that Jesus um, has this event that happens. And and, and basically, he's been preaching to people for, for, for a while and it's getting late, and his disciples say, send them home because they're going to be hungry. And Jesus says, no, you feed them because I don't want them to faint on the way home. I want you to know that some of you, as you follow Jesus, are going to feel overwhelmed. When you're on that narrow way with Jesus, you can feel like your needs are not being provided for but I want you to know that Jesus cares about providing for you. He doesn't want you to faint on the way. And if you don't know the rest of this story, Jesus didn't send the disciples into town and they bought enough food for these people. Instead, Jesus miraculously turns loaves into fishes into enough to feed everybody with leftovers. 
So wherever you're at right now on the way, if you think that Jesus can't provide for you because you can't see any logical way for that to possibly happen, I want to reassure you, Jesus doesn't want you to faint and he is completely capable of providing for what you need so you won't. And family, that's a hard one to believe when you can't see food anywhere around and you're hangry. But I want to assure you that Jesus is fully capable of providing what you need miraculously. It's not a big thing for him. The question is whether do we have faith that he'll do what he's promised he will. I love these words by Zechariah. Spoken prophetically as his son has been born. I want you to feel the love of God in these words. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and guide us to the path of peace. That word path is also the same word that we were talking about, the way of peace. There is a mistaken idea that if you become a Christian and you follow Jesus and do exactly what he says, that life will be hunky-dunky-dory and everything will be great and you won't have problems. Some people put a label on it called prosperity gospel. And prosperity gospel is found absolutely nowhere in the New Testament. And it's really hard to make a case for even in the Old Testament. Jesus certainly wasn't rich. His disciples gave everything to follow him. And what I want to say to you is this. Peace looks different than the way the world defines it. But I want to tell you this. If you decide to follow Jesus down the way, it is the way to peace. Even when things are difficult, it is the way to peace. Jesus said it this way. I give you a peace, not the kind of peace the world gives. But the peace that Jesus gives is a lasting and meaningful kind of peace. And so if you follow Jesus in the way, you can know that you're headed towards peace. One of the mistakes that people make when they follow Jesus is the mistake of focusing on, on just heaven. I'd use the word just heaven. Heaven's wonderful. Take a look, it's great. But back in 2015, um, Rochelle's parents out in California invited us to come spend Christmas with them. We were living in Nashville at the time. We thought about flying, but Ken said, I like to drive. Let's, I'd like for my kids to see the United States and really see it, not just fly over it. And so we did a road trip together. And um, the goal was to get to Grandpa and Grandma's for Christmas. That was the destination. But can I suggest that if all we'd focused on was that, we would have missed some incredible things along the way? I would have missed... Uh, seen the Grand Canyon with my children. I would have missed introducing them to different parts of American history together. I would have missed some discussions in the car that were formative for all of us. 
when we're following Jesus, let's not forget that the, the journey is just as beautiful as the destination. The journey is just as beautiful as the destination. Running back to that metaphor that I used at the very beginning, when you have a guide to help you along the way, everything is better. Everything is better because Jesus knows exactly where we need to be. And so the response Jesus is looking for from us when he invites us to follow him is not for us to run on ahead of him, to lag way behind him, to go off in a direction, but rather like uh, Bartimaeus, to join him on the way. Jesus' call and accepting that call is just the beginning. Our response is to follow Jesus on a lifelong way that will transform us bit by bit. And might I suggest to you that some of the things that will happen on that way may not be something that Jesus wanted to have happen to you. You know, there were some things that happened on our trip that our tour guide did not plan. They happened because other people are involved. And yet our guide was there to walk us through those moments together. Some of you experienced tragedy. Some of you experienced horrible things in your life. And I do not believe all those things were intended by God. But I'm here to tell you that guide can walk you through it and get you around those obstacles and get you to where you need to be. Like the best of road trips, there is as much joy in the journey as there is in arriving at the destination, especially, especially when you are on a journey with someone you love. So, can I interest anybody in a road trip? not sure how they expected us to stay seated for that one. Thank you, praise team. Uh, now is a time where we can actually have a conversation and uh, engage in our whole life value of participation. So if you have a question, we have a couple of minutes, go ahead and go to wholelifechurch. Now I know why everyone has trouble with this. Wholelife.church slash live. There it is. Enjoying the conversation. This feels a little familiar to me, actually. It's, Does it? There's something familiar. I feel like we're just missing a Randy and a Jeff. It does. And we'd have a podcast. That's true. Right here. Where are they? Maybe you should bring them up. I, maybe so. I guess we'll have to wait till Tuesday. I guess so. <laughs> we have had some questions come in. Um, one has come in from T. Cinco. And this question is... Is it possible that the way that Jesus calls us on may be different for each individual? And if so, how do we trust God to be the guide and get out of the way if we don't recognize the journey? Uh, such a good question. Um, I think that the, um, the way does look different um, for each person but what always remains the same is the person that's leading you, and that's Jesus. Um, Jesus is the way, and so in that sense, there's only one way, and each one of us has our own journey that we're on. 
Um, each one of us comes from a different uh, place in life. Uh, we've been born in different places. We've been raised by different people. We have our own experiences. And so each one of us has our own journey that we're on. And what I've, I've experienced as a pastor is I've, I've walked with people um, as we follow Jesus together. What I've noticed is that Jesus has a different way of, of leading each person, knowing what each person needs. You wouldn't... Um, you know, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do the same thing for an apple tree that you would do for carrots um, when you're trying to uh, grow them. They take different kinds of soil. They take different kinds of things. And yet the principles behind it remain the same. So that would kind of be the, the answer I'd give to that. So there's only one way. It's Jesus. And we know that God is love and that Jesus is love. And so... It's a call to unselfish love. So one way, but maybe many paths that follow the way. Sure, he's going with it. It's, it's good. We're going with it. Actually, uh, Stanley, can we check in with Stanley and see if we have any questions from our online folks? Hey there, we do have a question. Jehemi uh, wrote in on Facebook. Uh, Jehemi's been a long-time watcher. Thank you, Jehemi, for the questions. Uh, and hopefully I'm saying your name right. But uh, his question is, why and how, or how can I know that my emotions and thinking are the ways of Christ? Kind of a similar question, but we need help. How can we know that our emotions and thinking are the ways of Christ? Um, by spending time getting to know Christ. Um, the way that we can do that is we can, there's, there's the body of Christ uh, that we call the church. That's all of us together. Um, the church has a way of showing us when we are, um, when we're in community. Um, there's God's word, the Bible, that, that gives us some really good ideas about what God's will is for us. And it kind of shows us the way as well. Um, I think that, um, I think that it's important for us to, I think the hard thing is to know what it means to put our eyes on Jesus. Um, I think that's what becomes a little difficult for us at times. But I, I think that by focusing on God's word, by focusing on being in community, um, that we can trust that Jesus will lead us. Jesus says it himself that, um, that if we knock, the door will be opened. If we seek, we will find. And if you believe Jesus, you have to believe that if you are seeking, and if you're knocking, that he'll keep his promise. Thank you. That actually is the last question that we have time for. Unfortunately, we did have some other questions, so I guess we're going to have something to talk about during podcast. Podcast this week. Tune right. in. Tune in. Thank you, Melanie. Mm -hmm. Family, I'm so glad that you are here today. I hope that God spoke to your heart. I hope that you've been encouraged to be along the way with Jesus, to follow him wherever he leads, trusting that, that he'll lead you in the best way possible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you and we're grateful for your sacrifice here on earth. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come to fill us so that we can follow Jesus in the way. Help us to know what it means to follow you. 
Help us to really put our eyes on you. We pray in your name. Amen. I love you, family. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.